Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. And a lot of times because we preach the message of faith and the message of faith is what we want to walk in because the Bible says, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please him and the just shall live by faith. We want to walk in faith, but sometimes our faith gets tested. And I want to read to you something that Paul said. He wasn't talking about sickness, but he was talking about persecution. You know, even the Apostle Paul, which I mentioned the scripture before when he said, I came to you in fear and trembling, even the Apostle Paul had moments in his life when fear tried to drag him down. And so I want to read to you, uh, Paul had prayed three times. He said, Lord, take this away. And the Bible says in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, verse uh, verse 8, it says, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart, that it might depart from me. This, this uh, tormenting spirit, I want it to depart from me. And the Lord said back to him, my grace is sufficient for you and my strength is made perfect in weakness. Even When you feel weak, God's strength is available for you to overcome the the forces that are trying to pull you down. So even, even when fear and anxiety come your way, God's got a grace. And what is grace? It's God's enablement. It's God's power. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of you to energize you and to give you the power to overcome. You know, uh, I just had a thought uh, this is for Grandma Helen. Uh, I'm not going to sing it, but we used to sing a song back in the 80s, the early 80s. Some of you weren't even alive back in the early 80s. But it went like this. I've never heard of a heavenly flu. Have you? Have you? I've never read of a heavenly flu. Have you? Have you? I've heard about Asian. I've heard about swine. I've heard about Spanish, but they're not mine. I've never heard of a heavenly flu. Have you? Have you? Now, what are we supposed to be praying for? Are we supposed to be praying, oh, Lord, keep that away? Or are we supposed to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Do you know when you get to heaven, you won't have to go to the drugstore during the flu season because there's no flu season in heaven. And so if we're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, we're praying that that these uh, things that are causing sickness and disease will be eradicated from our lives. Do you know that that Jesus spoke spoke to his disciples, and I hope you're a disciple of Christ, but he said, I give you power and authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So, getting back to what I wanted to say to you, if you have a moment of anxiety or fear, there's no condemnation to you. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But let me just say this, you don't want to live there. I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not always up. You can ask my wife, I'm not always up. But if I get down, I know how to get up. And so God's word is, God's word says that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And one of the songs in the, in the message or, or in the worship this morning uh, reminded me of, of three phrases that we need to remember that God is for us. God is always for you. Scripture says, if God be for you, who or what can be against you? The Bible also says that God is with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Not only that, the Holy Spirit is not going to leave you nor forsake you, just as Pastor Katie was talking about. It says uh, when the, the Holy Spirit came on him, the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go, come and go, come and go. Now, a lot of times we might think he goes because we don't feel him, but just because you don't feel him doesn't mean he's not there. You know, before everybody got here, this room was dark. This room was dark. You know, and you could come in and say, well, where's the lights? Well, the power's not, the power's not on. Do you know that the power was here and never left? The power was here and never left. All they had to do was find the switch and flip the switch, and the power was delivered. You might not feel like you are powerful, but the Scripture tells us that God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I don't feel any power. Well, you might need to flip the switch. We used to sing a song, keep the switch of faith turned on. Well, I could stand here and talk about that all day, but I know that, uh, you're, well, you're not going to be watching any sports, so you might as well watch me. No. Amen. I want, to, I want to say that God is a God of the natural. He's a God of the soul. How many of you know emotions are okay? There are some good emotions that we'd just like to hang on to all the time. There's some other emotions that, that are just there. You know, sometimes we weep. The scripture says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. He didn't say you're sinning if you're weeping. He didn't say you're sinning just because you feel sad. He didn't, he didn't even say you're sinning because you fear, fear, fear fearful. Feel fearful. But he doesn't want us to stay there. He knows what's good for us. And God, so God's a God of the body, the natural, the soul, the, the mind, the will, and the intellect. But he's also a God of the spirit. And you know what? When uh, God is smarter than Ford and Chevy, Mazda, and all the other car dealers out there, Mercedes Benz. I just had that symbol in my mind. He's smarter than all those. Do you know that when you buy a car from them, they give you a book? And that book tells you how to take care of that car. And if you don't follow the rules that are in the book, then you could end up having a car that needs to be repaired, that something that you can't do. You know, there's, some, there's just some little things in the natural that if you will do, it will prolong the life of your car. Do you know that changing your oil every 3,000 miles or whatever the manufacturer says, 5,000, some of you go 30,000. I don't know how you do that, but good luck. But anyway, God, do you know that, again, God is a God who knows about the natural. He knows about the soul, and he knows about the spirit. Do you know that 4,000 years ago, God gave Moses instructions on how to keep a, a large group of people healthy? A large group of people healthy. And you know that after a while, people forgot about those, those little rules. And you know that plagues started coming and millions of people started dying. There was the Black Plague. There was these other plagues. And so it wasn't the doctors that was able to fix the problems. It was the priest who went back to the Bible and started reading. And they found out in the scriptures that if you would wash your hands or just wash, you would prolong not only your life, but the life of other people. Now, what are we being told today? We're being told to wash our hands. Hallelujah. Do you know that that is a biblical, that that is a biblical command? Do you know that also in the Bible, when someone had a disease, they quarantined them? They didn't quarantine everybody. They just quarantined the people that were sick. They put them away so that the play, so that what they had didn't spread around other people. Do you know that God told that 4,000 years ago? 
And also, we don't like to say this, but you know, back in the day, you know, God said, when you go to the restroom or the bathroom, they didn't have restrooms, bathrooms. What did they, where did they go? They went to the bush, I guess. When they went to the bush, God said to take a shovel with you, and when you're done, I want you to bury it and cover it up. Well, do you know that in Europe, they, they would just go, they would go in their pots and throw it out the window into the street. And do you know that flies like to hang around that stuff? Well, after they hang around that stuff, then they would fly around and land on you. They'd land on your food. They'd land on, they'd land on everything. And then you would start consuming this stuff, and then you got sick. Well, the, the priest or the, 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 the clergy, they would read the Scripture, and they found, hey, man, we gotta t- we got to deal with this sewage. And you know what? That thousands, maybe even millions of lives were saved. Let me just say this. If God prescribed these, uh, these remedies three, thousands of years ago before science even discovered them, you know, washing your hands before you did surgery wasn't practiced 200 years ago. But they wash their hands now. So, God prescribed these thousands of years before they were discovered by medical science. And I would think the other remedies in the Bible are effective. Now, I'm going to give you some remedies, not not natural, but, but internal things that you can do. The Bible says if you will do these things, it will keep you well. It will help to keep you well. It would encourage or strengthen your immune system. And some of you think, well, you know, that's just, uh, that's just to help us uh, please God. Well, it just doesn't please God. It keeps your body healthy, too. Thank you, Jesus. Well, again, let me, let me remind you that body hygiene. Washing your hands, get rid of the germs that cause a sickness. But also appropriating the blood of Jesus over our, over our spirit, souls and bodies cleanses us from unwanted, unclean spirits. Do you know the do you know that the Bible just doesn't call demons demons, it calls them unclean spirits. Do you know that Satan is called the Lord of the flies? Now I wonder why he said that. Because he hangs around and eats on the stuff and then flies and tries to infect you. Well, how many of you know you don't have to be infected? Hallelujah. Scripture says in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, he says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and their word of their testimonies, and they loved not their lives unto death. It was the blood of Jesus that destroyed all of Satan's powers. All. Somebody say all. It was the blood of Jesus that destroyed all of Satan's power over us. And again, I remind you that all all of Satan's powers is the unclean spirits. And it's not just the unclean spirits. There is a story, uh, if you've ever read of John G. Lake. John G. Lake was in Africa, and there was a plague that broke out, and he was volunteering to take take care of the dead, to remove the dead from the house because the, the disease was, was just, just extremely contagious. And uh, by the time the British uh, ship got there, uh, the hospital ship, they wanted to know what he was doing to keep himself free from this disease. And he said, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And they looked at, looked at him strange. And he said, you get some of that foam that comes out of the dead body. He says, you put it under a microscope and you'll see, because actually John G. Lake was studying to be a doctor before he became a preacher. He says, you put that under a micro, uh, microscope and you will see that, that those germs are still alive. And so they did that. They find, found out that the germs are still alive. And he says, now put in them put that foam in my hands. They did that. They checked it out, and immediately those germs died. 
and because they wanted to give him their remedies. And he said, the law, now I'm not telling you not to take any remedies. I'm just telling you that there is a higher thing. There is a higher remedy. And, you know, a lot of times we hear testimonies say, well, I'm going to do that. Well, you know, John G. Lake had fasted, prayed, you know, he was really filled with the Spirit. Say, so, well, I'm filled with the Spirit. Well, let me just tell you, do what you're supposed to do. But what I'm trying to say is that we have power over all of Satan's unclean spirits. All right? They don't, they don't like hearing. Do you know that they don't like hearing about the blood? You know, I've got a list of scriptures in my office, or it might be in my backpack, but it's scriptures that demons don't like. You know, the demons don't like to hear that, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. They don't like to hear scriptures about the blood. They don't like to hear scriptures about the one we just read about um, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Why? Because you are, you are declaring their defeat. You are reminding them of their defeat. The scripture also says that we are brought near by the blood. We're brought near by the blood of Jesus. Brought near to who? Brought near to God. Near, nearer, nearer to God. You say, well, where, how, how close do I need to be to God? Well, really, God's on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you. And so, but what, what we need to do is stir up our minds, stir up our emotions, stir up our bodies to realize that God is with us. I wanted to mention, you know, well, did I say God, God is uh, for us, God is with us, but also God is in us. Do you know that, well, I have to save that. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to talk about God's body wash. All right. God's body wash. We see that in John chapter 15, verse 3. He says, now, Jesus speaking to his disciples. And I believe that if we hear the word, he's also speaking to us also. He says, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Do you think Jesus knew what he was talking about, or was he just trying to fill up space in the Bible? I believe he meant what he said. He says, when you hear my word, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So we're, we were talking about body hygiene, but now we're talking about inner hygiene. It's hygiene of the soul, hygiene of the spirit. And we're going to see that keeping that clean keeps us healthy. Keeps us strong. We also see in, um, and this is the Holy Spirit's part, by the way. When we hear the word of God, it is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit, who is, by the way, ever connected with the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit are eternally connected. I don't have time to preach that today, but they are eternally connected. So when we hear the word of God, the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and the blood in, uh, automatically cleanses us. Do you know that you're actually being cleansed when you're sleeping? You're being cleansed while you're sleeping. Not only naturally, but I believe the blood of Jesus is also applied to us, and it's doing its cleansing work. Kind of reminds me of Pac-Man. Anybody remember Pac-Man? <laughs> That's what the blood of Jesus does. It just, it's just eating those uh, dirty germs alive, those evil spirits. Anyway, also, we see, now this is also the Holy Spirit's part. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26, it says, this is uh, Jesus, our high priest and intercessor. Uh, there's a comparison between Jesus and the church and the husband and the wife. And so Jesus is speaking over his church. He's speaking the word over his church. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5.26 that he might sanctify and cleanse it. It is you. And Jesus is still speaking his word over you. 
that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. Now this is what this is the responsibility of the Holy Spirit as G and the blood of Jesus. As Jesus is the, our high priest and intercessor in heaven, he's not just sitting around waiting to do something. He's ever living to make intercession for us, and he is constantly speaking the word over us, which brings a cleansing and a power to us. It doesn't. It doesn't just say cleanse us. It says sanctifies us. What does sanctify means? It means means to set apart for the use of God. And when you're set apart for the use of God, usually you are made holy. You are made holy. Somebody says, well, I don't feel holy. Well, then what, what you need to do is find out what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says that you are holy and blameless and irreproachable. You can't even be, a, you can't even be reproved. Maybe it's irreprovable. Yeah, that's what. It is. Anyway, you can't be reproved, even though the enemy might try to. There's nothing that can stick. There used to be a guy by the name of John Gotti. He was a mafia guy, and they couldn't catch him. They used to call him the Teflon Don because nothing would stick. Well, we're the Teflon Christians. Nothing's going to stick. The enemy has nothing he can stick us with. Hallelujah. Well, would you like to know your part? There's always your part. Anyway, your part is found in, well, I'll just uh, quote 2 Timothy chapter 2.15. It says, uh, study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, it's very, it's very uh, important that we rightly divide the word of truth because there are some people that have divided it and, and dissected it the wrong way. There are some people that say, well, after, uh, after the last apostle died, there's no more miracles. Well, it's too late. I found out that when you lay hands on people, they do get well. I found out... Uh, I found out when when you lay hands on people, they can they can get rid of their pain, or Jesus gets rid of their pain for them. It's too late. But there are others that say, "Well, uh, we don't need this and we don't need that because you know that was for back then. They needed that to start the church." Well, how many of you know we need to energize the church now? How many of you know the world needs to see the church? empowered and strengthened and emboldened and it, because it's not going to be our arguments. You know, people have good arguments. But if they don't have the power, your, your experience will override their argument. Hallelujah. Especially when the Lord anoints you. But anyway, how long do I have? Anyway, Proverbs chapter 4 in verse 20, now this is our part. Remember, Jesus uh, talks about it's the washing of water by the word, which cleanses us and sanctifies us. But our part is, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear to my saying. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. That word health could also be translated medicine. You know, you you could get uh, you could uh, go to the pharmacy, go to the doctor. The doctor writes you out a prescription. You go to the pharmacy and you pick up your your prescription and you go home and set it on your nightstand and you just look at it every night before you go to bed. And then a, a week or two later, you go back to the doctor and said, "Doctor, those pills didn't work." He said, well, did you take them like I told you? He said, well, I went, to the, I went to the drugstore, I got them, and I took them home, I put them on my nightstand, but they didn't work. He said, did you take them? He said, well, no, I didn't take them. Well, some of us have gone to, we've gone to church. The preacher has said you need to hear the Word of God, so you go buy a Bible and you take it home and you put it on your nightstand, and you never look at it, and you're wondering why it's not working. Anyway. You are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. My words are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. 
You know what? It's better to have your immune system, your spiritual immune system, built up before the attack comes. I'm not saying you can't, you can't get healed, but I'm saying if you're strong before it comes, it's not even able to hit you. A lot of times, I've even heard it said about cancer, cancer hits people with low immune systems. So, and really, cancer cells are in everybody. But the stronger your immune system is, well, let's just say this, the stronger your spiritual immune system is, the better it is for you. Hallelujah. I hope you're still here. I can't say, you're, are you still here or you're gone home because you're already home? But are you still on Facebook? That's the question. All right, so we want to talk about soul hygiene. Hallelujah. Do you know that a soul hygiene can run wild? A soul hygiene can run wild. That's when fear and imagination takes over. Do you know you can get sick and you can start imagining your funeral? Yeah, that's bad. But you don't want to go that far. You don't want to let your imagination run that far. You want to reel it back in. And how, how do we do that? Well, let me just say that during this period of time we're now living in, do you know that suicide hotlines have gone up 300% just because of the economic downturn? You know... Uh, that cable uh, news, news is calculated to put fear into the hearts of people. In Luke chapter 21, verse 26, Jesus said, men's hearts failing them for fear and the expectation. What are you expecting? What are you expecting to happen? Well, did God fall off the throne? Did God decide, well, you know, this is too tough for me. I think I'll go on vacation. When things get better, I'll come back. No, God says, I will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He said, I am the Lord God. I change not. Do you know that God is responsible for healing millions and millions even today? God is responsible. Men's heart failing them for fear and for the expectation of the things coming on the earth. What are you worried about? Or what are you thinking? You know, the other day I was just laying in bed. It's even this morning I'm thinking, God, okay, I get it. I was in a deep sleep, a deep sleep. I mean, the good kind. I wasn't just laying there pretending to be asleep. I was in a deep sleep. It was like somebody reached down and pulled me out of that and woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And that's not the first time. I said, you know, usually when that happens over, over a number of times, God wants you to do something. He wants you to pray. But anyway, these thoughts started coming to me about, you know, what's going on in the earth today. And then I started thinking about heaven. Started thinking about heaven. You know, there's no sickness in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no tears in heaven. There's no fear and fretting in heaven. You know, there's not even a devil in heaven. Wow, that'd be great, wouldn't it? No devil. You wouldn't even have to say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. He's gone. He's not even around. Well, Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I started imagining what was in heaven being here on the earth. I started imagining and thinking about it and, and declaring that what God, has, what God has for us in heaven, we can have now. I already mentioned to you about the news, about how it is there to create fear. And there's a psychiatrist, if you want to check this out, it was on 700 Club the other day. But his name was Dr. Daniel Amen. He said that we should limit our viewing of the news due to its promoting of fear. 
should limit your time. He said, look at it, you know, several times a day, you know, no more than 20 minutes. Why? Because if you're just staring and staring and feeding and feeding, you're going to be so fearful, you won't even, you'll never come out of your house. Hallelujah. Anyway, so with that in mind, there's a mental hygiene that is just as important as washing your hands. And we have to disinfect our minds so that it doesn't run, ruin our immune system. Do you know that your mind can ruin your immune system? Do you know that if you are bitter and angry, do you know that it releases cortisol? Now, we need a little bit of cortisol, but we don't need a lot of cortisol. But if you're angry and bitter or even fearful or even if you're agitated, it will release large amounts of cortisol and it will start destroying your body. Start destroying your body. So that, all I'm trying to say is, is God knows what he's talking about. He not, he not only wants us to cleanse our hands, he wants us to cleanse our souls. When you have negative thoughts, your brain releases chemicals that do damage to your immune system. Let me just say this, repressing negative thoughts. And I'm not telling you to do this, I'm telling you what not to do. But repression, holding it in. Bearing your negative thoughts, what does that do? It zaps your mental energy. Uh, it negatively affects your body and leads to health problems. So you say, well, you know, Pastor, I don't blow up. I, you know, I don't get angry at people. I don't spill out on people. But what are you doing with, is it, are you getting rid of it? Are you confessing it to God? Are you... Are you declaring, God, I've got this thing here, and I'm telling you about it? You say, well, I wouldn't want to say that to God. He already knows about it. You're not hiding anything from God. Go ahead and say, God, this is how I feel. I'm telling you about it, and now I confess it before you, and I thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses me, and I thank you for the empowering spirit of God that brings peace to my inner man. You know, Jesus didn't say, Jesus said to the storm, peace, be still. And it's the peace and it's the storm on you, in your soul that, that Jesus will speak peace to. And you can speak peace to. Thank you, Jesus. Positive thoughts will, positive thoughts strengthen your body. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Well, I wonder if God just said that just to fill up the book. No, he says positive thoughts. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Are you taking your medicine or you just got it on your nightstand? I just got it on my nightstand, Pastor. I got me, I don't, I don't only got me a Bible, I got me a study Bible. I got me a study Bible and it's got tabs in it. Doesn't matter if it has tabs or it's a study Bible. If you're not ingesting the Word of God, if you're not feeding on the Word of God, as a matter of fact, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're ingesting that. Let me just say this also in Proverbs 15, verse 4, it says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. A wholesome tongue. Well, you want, you want, now you're talking about the tongue. Well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I have to fill my heart with life, with the Word of God, with the Spirit of God, and I've got to eject, get rid of the negative thoughts, give them to Jesus, and then I can let that, that life on the inside of me begin to come out. A, a, uh, a healthy tongue is a tree of life. Amen? Now, I want to give you this uh, little, I'm going to talk about killing the ants. Can you, have you ever uh, been laying, in the, laying on the ground and ants start crawling on you and start biting you? You never had that happen? I've had that happen. I remember, I have to tell this story. Um, when, my, when my wife and I got married, I took her out to Missouri 
And uh, I took her down to one of my favorite spots. It's a spot along the Missouri River, and there's this little park there with a bridge. And uh, it was in the evening, and uh, I was sitting on the, on the concrete picnic table, and she was sitting down in the grass. And I said, you don't want to sit down there. And she says, why? I says, there's chiggers down there. Uh, she says, oh, you're lying to me. There's no such thing as chiggers. You might have never heard of a chigger before, but let me tell you, you don't want one. What a chigger does, it's a little, is a micro, real little insect that gets on your body and burrows under your skin. And you start scratching, and then it will burrow to another spot. And, and it's bad. Well, anyway, she found out I wasn't lying to her. So anyway, we need to get rid of the ants, the chiggers, and whatever that is trying to destroy our bodies. What is the ants? Ants are automatic negative thoughts. Ants are automatic negative thoughts. You know, sometimes we are programmed and buttons are pushed and we have an automatic negative response. We've got to get rid of those ants. And how do we do that? Well, we confess them before the Lord. We, uh, we ask him to cleanse us, but we also have to fill ourselves with the word, with the positive. Thank you, Jesus. Well, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 3, or verse 4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. What is the Lord's the hand? That means he's not very far away is what it means. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So how do we get rid of the ants? Rejoice in the Lord always. How do we get rid of the ants? In everything give thanks. And when you do that, God said, I will guard your heart and mind. I'll guard your heart and mind. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm going to move right along to spirit hygiene. Spirit hygiene. Well, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Therefore, having therefore these promises, and the promises that he's talking about is that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, Therefore, having these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I believe that when the blood of Jesus uh, was applied to us, when we, when we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the blood of Jesus came in and cleansed. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, but all things are become new. But how many of you know you have old habit patterns? We have old habit patterns that will attack our spirit. So we have to cleanse ourselves of everything of the flesh and of the spirit. I'm not saying your spirit's dirty. I'm just saying that it gets attacked and we got to keep it clean. How many of you washed your hands yesterday? All right. How many of you washed them today? Uh, praise the Lord. We're, we're all doing good. But he also goes on to say in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13, He that covers or ignores or hides his sin shall not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. You know what? If something comes up, I'm just going to confess it. Some people say, well, if you do that, you're just uh, creating a sin consciousness. No, it's when I hold on to it that I create a sin consciousness. Because my idea of repentance is you confess it, you say it, you mean it, it's over with, it's done. You get up and go. You don't wallow in it. Some of you don't know what wallowing is. If you've ever seen a hog, they wallow in the mud. You could, that's why the scripture says if you take a sow and wash it, it will go back and wallow in the mud. It doesn't matter. It just loves the mud. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we don't love the mud, do you? He goes on to say, I, all right. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, 
But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I know that today there's some Christians that don't believe that Christians need to, need to confess their sin. I happen to be one that does. Because I want the blood of Jesus, to, and I want to break the power of the enemy. I don't lose my relationship with God. Sometimes I've lost my fellowship. Wait until you get married. You say, oh, this is the love of my life. Hallelujah. But guess what? Sometimes you're still related, but you sometimes lose fellowship. Anyway. I have, a, I have a candidate here, so I've got, <laughs> got to share. Anyway, let's keep moving. Let me ask you a question. We're talking about the spirit, man. Let me ask you a question. Why do you care? Do you care about people? Do you care about people? Why do you care? I'm going to tell you why you care. Because, uh, because the scripture says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Now, the first thing you need to realize is that God loves you. Until you have that revelation that God loves you, it's going to be very difficult for you to love others because you're still grasping for love. You're, you're in this needy mentality. I need love. I need love. Therefore, I can't give it if I feel like I need it. But the reality is, is God says, I'm pouring out my love in you the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And it's just like uh, the 23rd Psalm, my cup runs over. My cup runs over. It doesn't mean that, you know, you just get a little dab or you get it even up, up to the top. God keeps pouring and pouring and pouring. And really, if I had time, I'd preach on it. But that's just a symbol of God says, I want you with me always. I want you with me. If you got a little shot in the glass like that, it means drink it and go. But when God give, when when the cup is poured and poured and poured, God's saying, "I love you and I want you to stay with me." So, are you still with me? Amen. Well, so we want to because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We need to reach out. And touch someone. We need to bring healing. Well, they're telling you not to touch people now, but you can tell them, hey, put your hand on yourself and you can speak in the name of Jesus. And, and if you're worried, hey, man, I don't know, I've never, I've never seen anybody healed, then love somebody. Do you know that love is the first step in healing? Sometimes, you know, well, thank you, Jesus. When you're, when you're a young preacher, is I wonder what I'm going to, you're afraid you don't have enough to say. When you're an old preacher, you're afraid you don't know when to stop. <laughs> Some of you are saying you should have stopped a half hour ago. Anyway, well, let me just talk about this. It says in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love, love covers all sin. In other words, we don't find out the dirt on somebody and go talk about it. We cover it. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9, He that covereth a transgression seeketh love. I'm not covering my transgression. I'm covering your transgression. I'm not going to go around and tell everybody about it. And how many of you know that develops trust in people? Of course, if you do something, well, anyway... Social, let's talk about social hygiene. Who do you hang out with? Who do you hang out with on TV? Who do you hang out with on the internet? You need to seek positive reinforcement. Positive reinforcement. And the, the last thing, this is uh, for soul, uh, spirit hygiene. Praying in tongues... When you pray in tongues, your brain releases two chemical secretions 
that are directed into our, your immune system, giving a 30 to 40, 35 to 40% immune boost. Praying in tongues will increase your immune system by 35 to 40%. And that was done by uh, a doctor at ORU. And also, they did studies on it at uh, Penn State. But uh, Dr. Jameson, I believe his name was. So at this time, we're going to, we're preparing for communion. So if you'd like to prepare for communion, I'd like to uh, share just uh, a note about that in um, Luke, Luke chapter 22. One of the best sermons I ever heard in my life was preached from that scripture. Unfortunately, I've never been able to replicate it. <laughs> it was done by Or Roberts. He was a, uh, he came uh, to our Bible school and he says, I don't preach by the clock, I preach by the calendar. I thought, what is he talking about? But then after two hours later, uh, man, and the time just flew. It just flew. But he was preaching out of this verse. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Jesus says in uh, Luke chapter uh, 22, verse 15, Hope that's what I said. He said, He said unto them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. Out of all the Passovers that Jesus ever partook of, he says, This is the one that I that uh, that I'm so fervently looking forward to sharing with you. And why is that? I want to share with you. Let me just read on. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you that I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. He says, For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. There were some, there were some interesting things that happened when, uh, when Jesus was crucified on the cross. And one of the things that really stands out to me was when Jesus said, It is finished. And he breathed his last and died. The temple, in the temple, there was a curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. And only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies because that's where the presence of God was. But the reason Jesus said, I'm looking forward to, uh, with fervent desire, I'm looking forward to have this Passover with you, Jesus is acknowledging and letting them know that from this point on, the temple, of the, whole, the temple of God is not going to be bricks and stones and mortar. The temple of the Holy Ghost was going to be their physical body. You know, that to get a hold of God in those days, you had to go to Jerusalem. They were required, the, the Jewish males were required three times a year to come to, to the temple, and they had to bring an offering each time. And that's where they, that's where they were, got in connection with God. There was, the, there was the Day of the Atonement, there was the uh, Feast of Harvest, and there was the, uh, the, tab, uh, the Feast of Tabernacles. And that Feast of Tabernacles was to be a joyous celebration. But once Jesus died on the cross... That's that um, they say that uh, that curtain was 32 inches thick, which is no way a man could tear that could tear that uh, curtain. That curtain was split from top to bottom. It was split from top to bottom, signifying that the way to God was open to every man, every man and woman. Amen. 
So with that in mind, I want to remind, uh, that's why Jesus was so desirous to eat that Passover with them. And so it should remind us, it should remind us that God is always near. God is always with us. God is always for us. God is always in us. And with that in mind, if Jesus, everywhere Jesus went, it seemed, it, the Bible says that he healed the sick. So I believe that as we partake of this bread, we are, we are partaking of the broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're saying, Jesus, we're acknowledging that you're not only for us, you're not only with us, but you're in us. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up the bread. We give you thanks for the body of Jesus that was broken for us. He was wounded for our transgression bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Lord. He also took the cup. He also took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant, is my blood in the new covenant. That means that we're not tied to the past. We're not tied to the old. We're, we're, we are connected in the new covenant. And the Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. But it also says that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. There are things that God has done. There's things that we do. And we, we are identified with Christ by partaking of the bread and and the and the juice. But not only that, Jesus said, Jesus said this, when you do this, you proclaim my death until I come. So this is a prophetic act to declare that G, of Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and also his return. So Father, we thank you for all the benefits that you have provided for us through the body and the blood of Christ. And we receive it in, with gratitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. One closing thought. This was a scientific study. They found out that that gratitude and joyfulness go together, but gratitude came first. Gratitude comes before joy. So, Father, we just give you thanks and praise for the power of your Spirit and for the Word of God. We thank you that we're cleansed through the Word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.